Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the Tom Stevens Show. It is all therapy all morning here. You are not going to want to miss this one, everybody, because we are talking about raising girls in today's world. For those of you who have not been on before, you are in for a treat because this is your chance for a real live psychotherapist here out of Houston, Texas. I work with children, families, teenagers, couples every day of the week, and it's a chance for you to ask your question to a real-life therapist about what it's like to raise daughters in today's world. And this is your show. We have great guests lined up for today, moms and dads who are going to talk about what it's like to raise every aged girl there is and what all the stressors are and what are the fixes for today's world, okay? So you are not going to want to miss this. Again, I'm Tom Stevens, a psychotherapist here in Houston, Texas, and we are going to cover the gamut today. So if you want to get in, I want to throw this out right away because now's your chance. Get a pen, get a piece of paper, and if you're on your computer or you're on your cell phone, you want to be able to talk to us or give your comment. We want to hear from you. The phone number to call in is area code 347. 838-9737. Again, one more time. Area code 347-838-9737. I'm going to bring my co-host, Kate, onto the phone right now and let her, at least you hear her voice. So when you call in to that number, Kate's going to be the one that answers the phone and say, hey, welcome to the show. Uh, What's your name and what would you like to talk about? Kate, are you there? Hi. Good morning to you. Uh, We are going to have callers today. And, Kate, before we dive into those, I want you to be able to tell, do you still have the shows we've got lined up for the rest of this month? Um, Yes, I do. Because we have shows. Last week, for those of you who missed it, last Friday, go back and listen to it on the uh, Blog Talk website. We talked about girl drama. But, Kate, go ahead with the rest of the month. Uh, June 9th is Raising Boys, June 16th is Keeping Summer Fun, and June 23rd is Social Media from a Teenager's Perspective. Yes, that last one's a doozy. We're going to talk to teenagers about what social media is and let them explain to their parents, number one, what parents need to know about it, but number two, also ways that can make social media work instead of be destructive. So, Kate, you're going to get a lot of calls today. We have got four great guests lined up, two moms and two dads that are going to talk to us. And, uh, you know, you just head back to the phones and you talk to these people, okay? We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. So Kate is there to answer your phone. Again, 347-838-9737 is the number. We are also going to introduce today, if you want to try it, because I had several people ask me about this and send me messages about this, to text message your question in. And if you have a question that you don't want to call in and ask, but you'd rather just text it in and get me to answer it, you can do that at area code 832-545. 4851. Again, get your pen out to text a question. Area code 832-545-4851, and we will get the thing answered. So, starting out the show today, 
we have got a mom who's going to talk to us. And at the end of the show, we have her husband. I so think it's critical to have fathers involved in today's world. I'm going to tell you my tips and my bits of information as a therapist that I think every parent of a daughter should know. But I thought, you know what greater place to start than the actual parents themselves, you know? So I'm going to give you resources of authors I think that would be good, information that's good. But you know what? The parents themselves have the best information. So the first one I'm going to go to is my dear friend Kelly Carney who has a great setup of a family and lots of activity. Kelly, you there? Yes, I am. Good morning and welcome to summer. It's almost here. I know. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait. Well, tell everybody out there what the setup is of your family, children, ages, that kind of thing. It'll help people kind of relate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, We have three girls. We have our oldest who just turned 11 last week. Um, We have a eight-year-old who will be actually nine in a couple days, and then we have a -a seven-and-a-half-year-old, all girls. Wow. Okay. I just personally, I've got to ask you because lots of activity with all girls, okay? So the whole mix of all girls, not to mention, would you say, like a four-year span from top to bottom? Um. No, it's more like, yeah, yeah, I guess four, three, three and a half. So ten, nine, and seven and a half. (laughs) Oh, man. With that, uh, just as a side note, what is the mix of competition when they get that close? You know, as they grow up, like when they're younger, it's one thing. But as they grow up and you start seeing middle school, late elementary school, what's the competitive factor when it comes to attention from y'all or you and when it comes from just what they have, what they want, what they get, what they can do, what they can't, when you go to bed, when you can't, all of that? Um, well, the competition um, currently is attention. Um, our oldest is, you know, coming out of the fifth, going into the sixth, and, you know, she's the big man on campus, so she thinks she's the big man in the house. <laughs> so she, she's, she's fighting a little bit for, for mom attention for sure. But when they were younger, it was um, it was more, you know, she the bedtime thing was, why does she get to go to bed 30 minutes later than us and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But not really, that's not really that big of a competition anymore. But definitely the attention is a competition. Um, yeah. What about things they have or things they get or things they can do? Like I said, bedtime or, or getting to watch certain things and others can't, any of that? No, not really any of that sort of stuff. That's all the same. Um, I think we have found that, you know, with, like, school programs and such, like um, our oldest had a big choir performance, and it was a big deal. She had all kinds of guests come to watch her and got flowers and all this and got to go to dinner. And then when our middle one did the same thing, it was just no big deal. It was just, oh, yeah, she's going for her third-grade performance. Woohoo! big deal. And we didn't realize that she got her feelings hurt big, 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 big time after, and that was a major oopsie on our part. Do you think, Kelly, that there is a difference with what you just mentioned between boys and girls, as far, or is it the same? I mean, are boys and girls the same when it comes to, you know, by the third child, it's just a third-grade performance, whatever. But do you think it's different with boys and girls, or do girls take it more personally? I think girls take it more personally in, in, in that particular situation. Maybe when it comes to sports and such, they, the boys may take it kind of like the girls do in performances. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't. I think the boys could care less that they're having a choir performance or that the fifth grade is singing or the third grade is singing or whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. What about the whole um... – what I think is fascinating is the growing up. Okay, if you have somebody, because you have one going to middle school, right? Yes. What they're exposed to in the world compared to your youngest, What? because it's very often, it's like, you know, by the time they start growing up, your youngest one is hearing things that your oldest sure didn't hear at that age, and they're exposed to more. So how do you balance that, especially with a now soon-to-be middle schooler and what the others are hearing or seeing or being involved with or, like you said, you know, cell phones or technology or movies they watch or things they do. Is there any of that going on? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, 
kind of funny because ours are so close. They all kind of have the same restrictions in in certain areas. Um, none of ours have cell phones. Um, none of ours have YouTube. I mean, are allowed on YouTube. None of ours are um, have Flickr or Twitter or whatever all that is. You know, I don't know, but you know, they're pretty. They pretty run the same gambit across the. The, the role, but I have to tell you, my oldest had a sleepover this weekend, our first sleepover for her birthday, and we did the quote-unquote wrapping of houses, well, mm-hmm. our eight, which was super-duper fun, but our eight-year-old is having a sleepover in a couple weeks, and she's like, oh, I get to do wrap houses? And we're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you they, know, we, they want to do the same thing. Yeah, and we've seen that, you know, there's a little filtering there in that regard. But, yeah, we're, we're pretty, are pretty tight in what they all can and can't do because they are so close in age. And, our, and to be honest with you, our seven-and-a-half-year-old, who's almost eight, she acts like she's 11 because she's been around big girls Fine. for, since, you know, she's always been the youngest of girls. So mm-hmm. That's what I was going to ask you about uh, girls. What do you think, I'd ask every parent today, but what do you think the biggest difference is between girls and boys as far as raising them? You've got a home with all girls, like I have a home with boys. What do you think the difference is, though, knowing the people you know and what you experience with yours? Um, I think for for ours, because I have a girlfriend who's got um, three boys and one girl, they're her girls, the youngest, is that... I think the emotion, the emotional aspect of it is is very um, different in the lessons that we're teaching our girls. You know, we're getting to that stage where boys are are, are being talked about a little more and um, we're, we're talking a lot about, you know, respecting yourself and, and this is your body and God gave you this body and and this is something that is your, yours to, to give to whomever God sees fit as your spouse. But I think in my perspective with my girlfriend who's got boys, she's not really focusing on, you know, the body image and the, um, the, the future of, of them. She's more thinking about grooming them to be that, that spouse, you know, that mm-hmm. good spouse, that good father. So, um, and the respect thing, you know, where we're, we're teaching our girls to respect themselves, whereas mothers and fathers of boys are teaching their boys to respect girls. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But that leads right into like my biggie for you is what is, if you're going to key in on it, because I think you just hit it for me, the biggie that parents of boys don't have to focus on or worry about that the parents of girls do. What is the biggie? Yeah, the biggest issue that you've got girls I've got boys. I know there are things that I can just let go of and not focus on as much as it is if I had girls. Yeah. And I mean, one of them's body image. Yeah. Uh, it could be eating. It can be the way they dress. I mean, just you walk in a store, Kelly, today, right? The girls section is filled, and the boys is just the boys. Like, there's so much more on the appearance to me. Anyway. Yeah, it, it it is it is a it is an interesting thing, and we're having to backtrack a little bit in that regard because when they were younger, you know, especially swim swim season, you know, it was cute to put them in a little bikini, but now it's like, oh, I don't know if a bikini is a good idea, or mm-hmm. you know, when we're around our, our our friends that have boys, they're not allowed to wear a two piece bathing suit; they have to wear. Um, a one-piece or a tank top that goes down or a pair of shorts. But when they're swimming around with their girlfriends, they can kind of be in a a little more less um, modest outfit, you know, a Mm -hmm. a swimsuit. But it it is it's very interesting to watch the dynamic of our 11-year-old. She's even starting to be like, Mom, um, I don't think this is fitting correctly. Um, Maybe I need a different one, you know. So she's starting to see that, oh, this may not be a good choice or, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good point because now who makes those rules? I know I've asked you a lot of questions today, but who makes the rules when it comes to 
do you do it from based on the friends that you talk to, the things you see, the other girls that you watch? Because there's enough competition where your daughters are growing up and they see everything else everybody else does and gets to do and has. How do you all decide who makes the rules on that? Well, Tom, it's really funny. Jim and I have been struggling um, with this the past couple months. You know, she's going to parties and, you know, having sleepovers. And, you know, there, there's, a, there's, there, there's a certain standard that we have as a family that, you know, we want to stick with because we feel it's important. But then we have this battle with ourselves going, oh, we don't want her to be the one or we don't want the three of them to be the one that can't, that doesn't have a cell phone or can't stay at a slumber party because we're not necessarily approving of, of what's, you know, the movie they're watching or um, perfect example, the, this weekend we had a slumber party and we had a no cell phone rule and made it really cute and the girls complied really well and I have, I am not kidding you, I have had almost every single one of the moms from the girls that spent the night say, thank you so much for doing that. My daughter came home and said, mommy, it was the coolest thing to do. We're going to do that at my party. <laughs> And that's, that's really something cool. that we have, it's, it's a standard that we have set, and like I said, it has been a struggle. But we're teaching our girls that you have to stick with what you believe is right, and what you believe is right is, is this, you know, that we are going to be modest with our, with our bathing suits, and we aren't going to just go get a cell phone because all of our girlfriends have cell phones, and we're not going to be able to watch YouTube because... There may be something that you have seen that you're being totally innocent about, but you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly so. right. Mm-hmm. What a good point. Okay, Kelly, for any of the parents out there today, what, like, I guess I would, I'd like for you to give advice to, number one, moms, whether it's in terms of uh, support or guidance, and then, number two, dads because you all have a mom and dad combo home here that are working together, of what their value is or what you think. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, later as far as the dads go. What advice would you give both? In regards to what? Raising girls. Like you've got these girls, and and some people have girls in middle school right now or even high school uh, who are just – they start going in different directions. They start getting lost from each other. Or like you said – they don't know what boundaries to set. And so you know what I see most of the time in my office are people with young girls, even in middle and high school, they don't know what boundaries to set, and so they don't set them, and the girls end up deciding them. And so you all of a sudden have this house that's turned upside down, and you don't know why you've either got this rebellious girl or this girl that's totally isolated, quiet, withdrawn. How do you do it right, and what would you recommend to these parents out there to do it differently with their girls? Um, I think, like I said, this, this past weekend was a, was a, a huge eye-opener for me that standing strong in what you believe is what's most important. And these girls especially are looking for boundaries. Um, I think because society has thrown them into this older realm so quickly, I think it's easy for us to jump in that wagon with them. But we have to remember that they are still 10 and 11 and 12. And even though the society around them is like they're 16, 17, and 18, they are still children. I mean, I went up there and was sitting with the girls this weekend talking about stuff. And they were talking to me. It wasn't like I inserted myself. I was just going up there to tuck them in. And they love that. They, they are thriving mm-hmm. and yearning for their mom um, and, and truly their dad just to kind of chill with them and to, to be okay with, hey, this is a boundary. We're not doing it to punish you. We're just doing it because we believe that we want you to be a kid as long as you can possibly be a kid. And I think that letting them jump in with you and make decisions with what boundaries are going to be makes them feel empowered to make a choice. And then they can stand up for that choice. It's not just a boundary that you as a parent have set, but it is a boundary that y'all as a team have set together. Because really it is, parenting is a team effort with you, your spouse, grandparents if they're involved, and the child. It's a big team. And without a team, you're not going to succeed. Yeah. Okay. Can I ask one final question? Absolutely. 
I'm just nailing you with them today. This like is it. a different world than you grew up in. So technology has changed everything. And you remember growing up and having this kind of, you, know, you, didn't, you just didn't have the instant connection to everything. And you also didn't have, I mean, any of us when we grew up could get in trouble and probably did, but we did not have the potential risk that children do today, whether it's anything they put online, whether it's anything they post online, whether it's any picture that's taken of them. I mean, it, you know, when we grew up, it was, uh, it was cameras that you had to go take and get developed film for. So mm-hmm. now everything is so much faster. It's so much riskier to me. Like, how do you transfer that to the daughters that you are raising? Because they, believe it or not, we all know it, can get away with things, can get around things, and can find a way to do what they want to do if they really want to. I've told the story many times of the girl uh, once that was banned from Facebook by her parents. And so she would go in her room and she would get on the phone and she would call her friend who would log on her computer under this girl's name and do Facebook for her through the phone. (laughs) So she would Mm -hmm. post messages back and forth. There's a way to do it. How do you raise these girls knowing, hey, I can't beat you out of this. If you're going to do stuff, you're going to do it. But how do you maintain good character? How do you maintain good um, uh, faith and good daily living practices so you're good girls and you stay that way? Mm-hmm. I think for us, um, you know, it, they're going to fail, absolutely. And I think um, the failure when they do fail, I think we have to be a safe place for them to land. And I think sometimes parenting gets so hard that we aren't the safe place. And I know it's a daily struggle for me, you know, as a mom, you know, with, with girls to, to be that safe place for them, you know. And, and I have discovered that I'm a much better mom with older kids than I was with younger kids because mine were so close and my husband traveled a lot. It was just hard. But I'm learning um, to be a safe place for them and to, to, you know, like I said, be there when they fail so they're not reaching out to do um, something because they will fail. You know, ours was just looking something up on the Internet, totally innocent, mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't that safe place and found some stuff she shouldn't have seen, and I think it scared her. So sometimes you have to let them do things like that so they do get mm-hmm. scared so you are that safe place for them. They have to fail. Life is about failing. And you just have to be there to to not catch them or fix it because we can't fix it, but we can be there to dust them off and send them back on their way, you know? Mm, Good point. It's about sticking in there, hanging in there, and, and boy, especially with three girls, Kelly, doing the best you can to be balanced because I can't imagine how everybody's watching what everybody else does and gets. Oh, man. Kelly, thanks so much for being on the show. Great words of wisdom, and I look forward to your husband, Jim, being on a little bit later today. Thanks, Absolutely. Kelly. Thank you, Tom. Everybody, that's Kelly Tony. Great job. Good words of wisdom there as far as raising girls. And, you know, uh, you do the best you can to balance everything. And, and I tell parents of girls all the time, there are key things you can always remember to do with your girls. Uh, on the top of the list is to be involved. It is just not to be a passive parent and to let them kind of raise themselves and do their own things. And that doesn't mean helicopter parent. It doesn't mean staying overly just in and watching every single thing they do 24 hours a day, but it means be involved, know who their friends are, know what their activities are, know how they're spending their spare time, not just sitting up in a room away from y'all. So to be involved is one. Um, and I'll, I'll kind of spill out some different I think key bits of wisdom would be uh, after this also. So I want to move on to my next guest, who is a dad, Lee McLeod, who uh, has four girls. And I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about his family, but also now we're shifting a little bit into the father role and how important fathers are, how much good fathers can do, and also how much damage fathers could do. But I'm sure Lee's going to be talking about all the good that fathers can do. Lee, are you there? Tom. It is so good to hear from you, my friend. How are you? I have had the privilege, everybody, of watching Lee 
parent right in front of my eyes and tell stories to me also. And uh, I still say the best preacher I've ever met. But, hey, we're on here talking about fathers, Lee, with girls, and you have four. Can you tell everybody the layout of your family? Yes. So we have a 13-year-old, our firstborn, and then we have triplets that are 10, all girls, and it's uh, kind of a circus and lots of fun. Uh, but we're we're deeply grateful. And you made mention of you know how how you might damage your children, and I have lots of experience in that. So I'll be glad to share my nuggets of wisdom, or whatever you want to call them. Uh, I know. I heard somebody tell me once that the best way to learn is through other people's mistakes. Well, you know what? I have. That's why I'm a therapist, Lee. I have lots of experience to share to keep people out of trouble. Oh my goodness. If I could get back half the things that I've said. In fact, just this morning, just made (laughs) ridiculous statements to my own children. But, uh, you know, God is gracious, and children are remarkably resilient and forgiving. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm amazed. I can think of numerous times where I've blown it, and they're just incredibly forgiving. Uh, You Mm -hmm. know, I just think it's... It's a gift. Um, you know, it's it's just a gift. Well, tell so, me this, because yeah. as a side note, you've got a different component here than I would say most people. Having all girls, number one, but also having triplets in play, it, tell people, because there's a lot of people that have twins or some that have triplets that are girls, mm. but what is the difference when you have boom, three of them right there at the same age. Is there anything, I mean, is it the same as everything else, or is it just times 30? I, I Honestly, it's my only experience, so I don't have a lot you know, to weigh that against in terms of how would it have been different to have one and then another 18 or two years later, 18 months or two years later, and another couple of years later, and another couple of years later. I just don't. I don't have anything to weigh it against. So what what I do know is, uh, you know, we're we're people of capacity, right? I mean, it's just kind of the way we're designed. We have ability, and we don't think we've got ability sometimes. And and when you're visited with some some situation like three children at once, you, there are those moments you think, "There's no way I can. There's no way I can do this." But right. you just do it. You know, you just like, what else are you going to do? Am I not going to do this? I'm not not going to be engaged <laughs> and involved. You know, you just do it. And uh, those early days, in particular, were somewhat a fog. Um, you know, just getting everybody on the same schedule. And uh, for anybody that has multiples, that's just really, really key, right? Getting everybody on the same schedule and. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're feeding them all at the same time. We're changing them all at the same time. We're dressing them, bathing them. We're bedding them all at the same time. And I know some families where that's not the way they have have parented with either twins or, um, you know, they've got a bunch of young little ones. And, boy, you get them all on different schedules, and it can just eat you up. Because rest mm. is just so key, just just re- getting good rest. Because if, if you're in bad shape, boy, you're, you're not going to be – Real, real good uh, for your kiddos. Um, in fact, sometimes when I'm intolerant and I'm especially ungracious or easily angered by things that are normal for a child, you know, I have to really kind of check myself. Okay, okay what's my rest mm-hmm. been like? What's my, you know, what have I been doing to care for my own mind, heart, body kind of deal? And uh, that that can be a real epiphany. Like, oh. You know, I only rest. I only got three hours sleep last night. No wonder I want to bite her head off. You know, I'm just, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, that's the modeling piece of like showing our children how we take care of ourselves. I I see people in my office every day, whether they're teenagers or adults, and almost always I can tell why they are the way they are. It's because of where they've come from. And when you grow up with routine, consistency, when you grow up with reactivity. Uh, whether it's been a loud home or a quiet home, whether it's a yelling home or whether it's a, a freeze everybody out and stay silent home, whether mm. it's a, you know, hug each other or never tell each other you love them. I mean, you can tell by how kids grow up. Yeah. Mm. So, wow. Lee, as yep. a father, 
I'll put you on the spot right away. Which role is more important than with girls, fathers or daughters? I mean, fathers or mothers, sorry. Well, I would say, Which one? I'm just going to, you know, I think uh, as a dad, um, it, it's easy for me to say the father. Um, and there's all kinds of research, right? I mean, there's just all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff out there. The, the weight of a father's role um, in a daughter's life, you know, her, uh, I mean, there's just tons of uh, information out there just how an absent, an absent father or a father that's completely um, removed, you know, just how that plays out. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, it can get really ugly. And uh, I think there's a, um, a desire in a, a girl's um, heart and mind to know that uh, her daddy finds joy in her and pleasure in who she is as a young woman. Um, I think it was John Eldridge that said something like, you know, every, the question on every, on every girl's heart is, am I lovely? I think that's something, mm-hmm. something like yeah. that. And, boy, do I see that with my girls. I mean, they'll, they'll get a new dress, and they just want to show it off they, they, to me in particular, you know, and, Dad, how does this look? You know, that kind of thing. And mm-hmm. it's really, really significant. And as they get older, um, it becomes more significant, it seems. Uh, and and it, it, the dynamics change, right, from mm-hmm. you know, a time where we're playing, you know, Lincoln Logs or whatever we're playing, you know, Monopoly, to, you know, we're looking on the Internet for something or listening to music together or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I combat more than anything is with the triplet dynamic is just how do you spread yourself out to all these yeah. little people that you know, little girls that want yeah. you know they want relationships. So I am oftentimes dozing off, you know, <laughs> bedside. <laughs> at, I mean, I'm not kidding. I'm just it's just you know it kind of comes with the territory. That brings up a good point for me with you because I talk to single moms or single dads all the time and I tell them honestly as a therapist for 20 years now that as much as somebody tries as a single parent there is no way they can fill both roles and I tell them you know I love you for trying to do everything you can do as a mom or a dad Mm. but without that other component there is a piece that's missing and so maybe sometimes it's better instead of trying to fill all the roles to just try and fill yours so that they at least get that. And I tell parents like you that have multiples and so many so close together Hmm. that sometimes it's realistic to see that we're not going to be able to get all of this. It's kind of like not being able to have that vacation to Hawaii or wherever you wanted to go right now or that particular college because it's impossible to afford it for everybody that that sometimes it's better to know what we do have instead of trying to talk about what we don't and and simplifying mm-hmm. things. I mean, do you see that in your life? Like, I can't give everything that each of them wants. Right. I can give the part of me that I can give to them. Right, right. Otherwise, no, I, I'll... Yeah. Well, the, just to, to speak to your point, um, yeah, there, there's... There's incredible balance that's struck when mom and dad are both under roof and, you know, partnering and raising these girls. And that's not the reality for lots of kiddos. Um, but in our house, it is, uh, it is just such a blessing. Um, you know, I, I will, there are times when uh, it's just the benefit of, of, you know, call it partnership in parenting where I'm having a bad day, you know, just a bad day parenting and, and I'm, you know, being gracious with yourself is another thing I think is real important just mm-hmm. to, to know that, you know, you're human. You, you, you blow it. Um, like I mentioned at the beginning of this quick conversation, I blew it this morning. I mean, I was, I was super helicopter parent, you know, just bullying the girls around. Do this. Do that. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? What, what are you talking about? I'm just, just in their face over just the dumbest mm-hmm. things. But um, when you're in a hurry, that's in that, – it's a lot easier to do. Uh, that's another conversation just about slowing down because um, I think a lot of bad parenting happens in the context of hurry. Um, mm-hmm. So, but the balance, when I'm having a bad day, Jenny, my wife, she's just a great 
keel, if you want to say, to right the boat. And, you know, and when she's having an off day, you know, hopefully, you know, by God's grace, I'd come in and be the, the bearer of good tidings, you know, like, hey, why don't you go do something and leave the children to me or whatnot. Um, they're, they're all, but they're, am I even answering your question? I'm kind of oh, dancing yeah. around it. Absolutely. It's the, the balance, and it's also the teamwork you talked about. But here's an article I read, Lee, and I want yeah. you to answer, answer to these key points because I think it's you to a T. But it was talking about fathers, and it said a lot of the recent research shows that, that like, closeness with fathers and daughters comes mm. through doing and talking. And it listed three things that dads could do to actually solidify the relationship with their daughters. And one was to play sports, which mm-hmm. meant to get in a sport. And a lot of times we think of girls as these girls and we've got to take care of them and take them to the mall. And we've got to, but no, play a sport which teaches competition and it shows their dad and how they, as long as the dad doesn't get swallowed up in the competition. Right. Now the article sounds great. I need you to send that to me. Um, I totally – can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I totally agree. Uh, you know, this is – I grew up in a family that played sports, and so it was a natural for me to want to see that. And when, when it was assigned that I have all girls, I can assure you early on I started thinking, okay, how can I, can I do to engage with them? So like when they were little, we had this big triplet jogger – and we, I'd take them on long runs, the triplets, mm-hmm. and I would even put. We had a pull behind, like a almost like a little trailer, and some people call them a bumper bumper cart or a buggy cart or something like that that you could pull behind a bike. Well, I would hook that up to the triplet jogger, and so I was taking my toddler three-year-old and the infant triplets, and we would go on these long runs. And mm-hmm. I loved to run, so that was it was easy for me. I mean, it could be a long walk. Mm-hmm. But just to get out with them and do, and that's one thing we have. That's I didn't know there was you know research about it. I'm not surprised that there is, but that's one thing that I've always. And that's it goes maybe with being a guy, right? We do things, yeah. right? Don't well, don't don't just tell me something and not expect me to do something about it, right? That's we kind of want to fix and do and act on with, something. So yeah, which anyhow, allows guys to do something with your girls that they're yeah. still familiar with because the other two, Lee, were number two was to um, to find a project to do, which mm. is to do build, make, create something together. I talked to a dad recently who said he has some property they go to on the weekend, and he, he and his daughters make, got this wood, and they had this um, – they carved in these messages about what their pond was called at their, their property and what this trail was called, and they burned it with this kind of – burner thing to make it an old rustic thing and they did this the whole project together and nailed it to a tree and just projects like that and then the last one was to go on a vacation together as a dad Mm. and a daughter and that reminded me of you because of tradition I mean I'm a big believer in traditions in children especially daughters growing up and saying I had this tradition with my dad and this was ours you know so talk a little bit about that if you can just the tradition piece and and the doing something together so the doing, I have always, like I mentioned, uh, just jogging at first, and then it became camping. Uh, we take uh, camp, we go camping every three months, at least three times, sometimes four times a year. We'll take a camp trip. It's just me and the girls, um, which is wonderful, uh, and it's wonderful for my wife. I mean, it's, it's terrific. She gets 36 to 48 hours, and um, can veg out and relax and get renewed, and so I'll get away with the girls. Now, I enjoy that. That wouldn't be every dad's gig, but that's something I certainly enjoy. And then um, as far as the um, ritual or um, tradition piece, uh, that camping thing goes hand-in-hand hand with it because we, we have visited the same places numerous times, um, we, of course, have different traditions and rituals built around how we celebrate birthdays, but me in particular, um, and a tradition we've tried to create is uh, certainly bedtime or nighttime rituals, um, bedtime prayers. I, I'm the breakfast guy, so bre- I make breakfast every morning, and, and I do it before I leave, and it's just kind of, they'll find me making breakfast. I like a hot breakfast. That's, again, not everybody's yeah 
thing, but that's something that they will. In fact, I've mm-hmm. my oldest was recently telling someone about our family, and she mentioned my dad makes breakfast every morning. I mean, that, mm-hmm. so yeah. those things they may be little, but they they are you know uh, they make an impact. We I try to take right. a trip with one of the girls once a year. So this spring I took. I did a wedding for a friend up in Portland, Oregon, and I took one of the girls with me. And mm-hmm. it was unbelievable. And you, you yeah. see sides of your kid, especially when you have multiples, when you have, when you have any more than, you know, when you have more than one kid, when you, get, <laughs> when you isolate any of them, and you get one-on-one with them, they're a different person than when they're with yeah. their siblings. <laughs> they just are. They blossom mm-hmm. in ways, that one-on-one attention especially uh, little Kate in our family, who generally is the, mm-hmm. she kind of takes the back seat, and she's not as gregarious mm-hmm. as her sisters. This is, she's one of the triplets. Boy, mm-hmm. to have those five days with her, it was just so rich, so good. Boy, what yeah. a good tidbit. Lee, anything before we stop today that you, uh, I guess any bit of advice, and I would say to dads, really, because I try to speak to them so much, I've said it for years that, you know what, moms, I hate to say this, but they're always going to be there. Like, they they will find a way to clean up the mess, fix the meal, fix the car, do the – they are the eternal element, and the dads (laughs) are the missing link, that if the dad is there and present, he absolutely changes the whole dynamic. So what advice would you give to dads of daughters? I would say, goodness, that's such a – big question um i would say uh mm, the little things um go a long way um the consistency is key um i would say the um and i'm being that's all sounds so vague i could be mm-hmm. talking about auto racing but the way that all that sounds uh, so in <laughs> regards to being a father of daughters um let me let me be real specific. Uh, finding delight in, in mm-hmm. verbalizing verbalizing that delight in who they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots and lots of affection, healthy, you know, mm-hmm. arm around the shoulder, patting them on the leg, um, hugging them when you're given a chance, kissing them on the cheek. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, lots of just very healthy affection, you know. If, if mm-hmm. I and there's there's some research out there, and I can't remember where I read. Maybe when I got my graduate degree, it was all about the mm-hmm. lack of affection, of healthy, affirming affection from mm-hmm. a male, from from the father or the grandfather, the one who's the primary masculine presence in the young woman's mm-hmm. life. The, the absence of that will be filled by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want them to find all of that healthy affirmation, um, you know, physical touch that's affirming and right and good. I want all of that to come, you know, in our household. And so as much of that as possible. In fact, there are some mornings I'll drive off and I'll think, I didn't hug the girls, so I'll go back mm-hmm. to the house and I'll just walk into the house and give me a big hug and kiss them on the cheek. You know, I love you, you know, and just be very mm-hmm. sincere with that. Um, just those spoken words of affirmation and the physical touch that assures them, gives them. I heard your earlier caller. I just got off a call with a client, and your earlier caller was talking about a safe place. And mm-hmm. you, know, you remember being a little, being a kid, and remember how your parents—they seemed like gods and goddesses. Yeah. Uh huh. Mammoth people. They were mountain-esque. Yeah. I mean, they're huge, and they just seemed to be so big and awesome. Mm-hmm. And boy, that. Just to have that big, awesome mountain of a person yeah. come back in and just give that unconditional love and affirmation and encouragement, go get the day. And I could talk a lot more about sports because we really are engaged on sports and a lot of different levels yeah. and all the, all the things what? that come with that. There's so many great lessons that come with it. Um, but it's all got to be kept in, in check because as a man, there is a, there's a real um, – it's real easy to get that skewed mm-hmm. the wrong way, and it all right. become about winning, and it all become about success, and our culture's obsessed with that, and so that yeah. could be a whole different, you know, conversation. But um, I would say just the the verbal affirmation and physical affirmation just so big as as I close out my comments. That is true, Lee. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. It was great stuff. 
Tom, I'm honored. I can't believe well, you thought of me. I'm so, I'm, I, I'm blessed. I sure appreciate you considering me. Always. By the way, for all those listeners out there, Tom's one of the funniest people I know. Just, just in <laughs> the that you don't know that. I love hanging out <laughs> with you. Thank you, Lee. We will talk to you soon. You come back on the show, okay? Okay. Thanks, Tom. All right. Leave it to everybody. Great bit of advice on raising daughters, having triplets in the home, and another daughter also. We're going to hop right from Lee into our next guest, Christy Greenberg, who's going to come on and talk about raising daughters again from a mom's perspective and what exactly is entailed in doing that uh, with her age children. So I wanted to first see, Christy, you there? Yeah, hi, I'm here. Christy, tell every welcome to the show, first of all, but tell everybody the dynamics of your family. Okay, well, I have a son that's 13, and I have a daughter that is 9, and I have another daughter that's 7. Okay, so raising two younger daughters. Yes. What do you think the hardest piece of doing this whole thing is? I mean, I honestly believe that the hardest part is just balancing their emotions because I went from um, having a son who very strong, raw emotions, and the emotions are anger, um, you know, frustration, um, hunger, and all, and then going to these girls that have, like, a plethora of emotions and having to deal with that. I think that has been the biggest challenging part of dealing the difference between dealing with male, you know, having a son and then having daughters. Okay, so I'm going to change up some of the questions with you and see what, what you think about them. Who is it harder to give advice to then? Boys or girls? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I would have to say a little bit on my son's side a little bit just because the, I feel like there's more validation um, with giving advice to my daughters because mm. I am a girl, and so I've been there, done that when they're struggling mm. with, you know, whether it be friends or hurt feelings or whatever they're dealing with or struggling with, and then trying to make sure that right now, like my son is an, is an athlete and he is on that path and he's 13 and he's going through all the, you know, those hormonal changes and all that and having to deal with, you know, giving him advice on ha- having to deal with just maybe on the athlete side of things and, and the mental part of that stuff. I feel like I'm less, um, you know, like his dad is better at giving him advice or maybe that I feel like my advice isn't isn't uh, as taken as um, oh, seriously as maybe, you know, his dad is on that, yeah. Interesting. Okay, so in terms of competition between, let's say, daughters, two of them, is there competition right. between the two of them, and what is it? Oh, yeah, absolutely for attention because I have two different personalities in my household, and I think that's what it comes down to is that, you know, our, you know God makes our children so beautiful and wonderful and different. And mm-hmm. uh, so you're having to deal with different ways of handling each one. I have one that is a lot more passive, reserved, you know, and then I have one that seeks attention, the youngest, and maybe it's the third child syndrome, um, the birth mm-hmm. order. But, you know, so she mm-hmm. demands, tries to demand more of it, and then you're always trying to, you know, uh, make sure that the middle child is getting the attention that the, that the middle child deserves. So I would, yeah, I would say definitely, you know, there's a struggle between the competition for attention. Okay, so girls today, I think, personally, I just think it's harder to raise girls. I know I've read lots of articles about this with boys versus girls, and maybe it's because I have boys. But I do feel like maybe I'm thinking of teenage years, too, because it's probably got to be a lot easier on me than it does on the girls. But girls' issues that I see growing up, especially as they get to late elementary school, mostly have to do with, well, it's either body image stuff, it's date, not dating, but uh, boys as they start creeping in, which used to be like early high school, late middle school. Well, now it's late elementary school. Yeah. Um, uh, friendships, and those are even creeping down younger and younger in terms of, of uh, bullying, in terms of uh, picking on each other, in terms of excluding each other. All this stuff has started to creep in now. and what do you see as kind of the biggest of all of those as a mom who's trying to help, you know, keep confidence? You want your girls to be confident and secure, but they go to school and they go to their friends and they watch TV and they see this every day that 
that can make them feel not confident, you know? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, the, I mean, really, the bottom line is the world that our, our kids are being brought up in is not a world that really, honestly, we can relate to because it's um, a technology-advanced world where uh, kids are more mature and know more things than they ever have before. And you can put them in a bubble as much as you want, but the, the bottom line is, they're only with us a certain time, and we have to be able to give them those life uh, coping skills to be able to emerge from our household and be able to adapt. So it's kind of like being able to have the balance of giving them, um, you know, a little bit of that freedom of what is around us and then being able to balance that and understand, you know, what part of that is healthy. And obviously, you know, what I see, especially more in, my older my older daughter that's nine is definitely the emotions that come with feeling um, any type of insecurity, rejection with friends. Um, if she's left out of something, if she feels you know that she the tone that the mm-hmm. way I mean up until a certain age tone doesn't hold a big a big impact you know on children, especially girls. Mm-hmm. But at this age, just the tone and how you say something to somebody can come across, you know, um, in a way that hurts feeling. So all the raw emotions are becoming, you know, way more evident earlier on than what I remember middle school being more of the age where you dealt with all that. And, of course, that's there, but it's starting as early on as, you know, third, fourth, fifth grade. So absolutely dealing with, with that. True. When I talk to groups of parents, I try to tell them, add four years to your child's age, and that will tell you kind of where they are compared to when you grew up. So if they're nine now, it's like when you were 13, and it doesn't mean they're more mature and able to handle it, but they are exposed to more of it. It's like giving a young child, you know, a PG movie or, you know, a middle school or an R movie, and they can watch it, and they might be into it, but it actually affects them more. So Christy. Right. Advice you would give with your experience that you've been through with your daughters to any moms out there or dads, but any parents out there that are raising daughters and just are stuck or struggling? I mean, I, I, mean, I honestly believe that we, um, that we have to balance. It's the same um, concept of, you know, telling your child they can never have, you know, Coke or candy. And then the minute that they get any type of freedom, they're running over to their friend's houses and raiding mm-hmm. their pantry and they're going off to college then and, and, and eating anything or whatever it is that you make a taboo in your house. Uh, mm-hmm. Protecting your children, obviously, from the advances of what's going on, but, but not keeping them in a world that, Honestly, you can't keep them in. The, the, the bottom line is the reality is that you can um, shelter your children from all of what's going on um, around us but because you have control over that. But at some point, they're, they, get, they grow up and they're not underneath mm-hmm. of you. And even when they get to be in high school, you know, so to me, for me with my girls, it's finding that balance of letting them know that, mm-hmm. you know, this is okay and this is not okay, and we know that, that, that social media is out there and Instagram and all of that, and, and knowing that, you know, as long as you are doing it in a healthy way, in a positive way, and that surround yourself with positive people and the people that uh, are negative or bring you down, then we basically have to keep, you know, our boundaries with those. And, and, and so I would say that just – my advice would be knowing that, you know, you can't shelter them. They, they have to be exposed to a little bit out there, but yet monitoring what they are exposed to. And, again, like the caller said before, keeping their, their circle of friends and knowing who they're hanging out with is important too. So important. And what I was hearing you say in there, Christy, with the advice was, number one, setting boundaries. Uh, and having a very clear expectations of what's okay and what's not. And number two, you can't be their friend if you want them to grow up healthy. So, Christy, thanks so much for doing this and being on. And, gosh, these are great bits of advice, and it's everything I wrote down to tell everybody advice, but you all are doing it for me. So thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Everybody, it's Christy Greenberg. Great, great advice. Thank you for doing that. And we're going to move on now to our final guest of the show. He's going to get the total end of it. Before I get to Jim Carney, I just want to follow up with that because my main points were to be involved, have traditions, 
with your daughters, which is so important. Dads are crucial. Learn to set boundaries. Parents after parents today have said setting boundaries and being consistent. But I also would say seeing the girls, your daughter, for who they are, not so much their behavior all the time, and knowing that they are lovely and they're adorable and that they are your daughters is so important. Jim Carney, you there? Yes, sir. How are you, Tom? All right. Bring me to the house. I want to hear from you as a dad, just like with Lee earlier, how do you stay involved, in touch, adore your daughters, and be close to them and still be a guy? Because so many guys, Jim, in my office will sit here like they are more macho or they're too cool for that or they're not touchy-feely or lovey. How do you do it? Because I think our daughters are missing out today. Well, I, I, I would agree that they are missing out. You never hear... And, and I hate to use the word always or never, but you never hear the word or the, the phrase that Johnny is has issue, mama issues growing up. It's uh-huh. always the daughter has daddy issues. Well, you know, I, I was very mm-hmm. in tune with that um, with my 11-year-old from, from the very beginning. I, I never wanted to be through, you know, be thrown into that category that they have daddy issues. So back to your question, I think it just goes back to always being intentional with them. Um mm-hmm. My 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 way of doing it is treating them the way they should, or I would, or Kelly and I, my wife would expect them to be treated later on in life by a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, things from opening the door, commenting, or you know the uh, as Lee said, you know the the um, touch or the you know the kiss on the head or the cheek or, mm-hmm. or just every all those little things that that go into it. Uh, I I know I. I try and treat my daughters the, the the way I treat you know their mother, my wife, and and I think that's important for 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 them to see what a, what a healthy relationship looks like and feels like and and what it looks from from top down every single day. And yes, we fail, mm-hmm. but when we fail, just picking back up and as as Lee said, and I, I'm so glad he said that that you know just just asking for forgiveness. I mean, it's big in our house to ask our daughters for forgiveness. You know, Mm -hmm. um, I screwed up. Will you, will you please forgive me? And, Mm -hmm. um, it it just works. Yeah, that's really good. Okay. So let me go into like the difference between boys and girls as you see it in this world, because from my picture, girls have to, I think, take care of themselves and watch what they do and who they are so much more than boys who can just kind of be who they are. And to give you an example, my youngest son has done some acting and has done some acting lessons. And this weekend he was in this kind of workshop thing with this casting director from California who's casted a lot of famous people. Well, she was talking about preparing to go in for an audition, right? And she said, girls, you need to kind of look sporty. Then today's world, it's going to be sporty. It's going to be this kind of clothes, this kind of shoes, this kind of this, this makeup, this hair, this. She had the whole specifics down. And then she said, boys, it doesn't matter. Just show up. We'll put the clothes on you. You, you, don't, you, you really don't have to do anything. As sad as it sounds, the girls will make or get a part based on how they look, and the boys, it doesn't matter. That, to me, epitomizes our world today. The girls have so much pressure on themselves with the way they present themselves, the way they get up in the morning and go to school, the way that they dress, the way that they talk, all of it. I mean, do you agree or not? Oh, 100%, Tom. I I think uh, society puts um, much higher standards um, on on girls um, across the board. You know, and, and I'll, the one that always to me is that, you know, growing up, again, everybody's kind of commented on the sign of the times, but growing up, you know, at high school, you know, guys, if, if they were to, to kiss more more than one girl, well, they're a stud. But, you know, if, if a girl were to kiss more than one or two guys, then they were considered promiscuous or a little, um, you know, from the other side of the tracks. And, you know, it's it's the same thing happening where we're just viewing it differently and putting these 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 burdens, if you will, on, on, on the females or, or the, the ladies of the society. Well, Jim, we have 20 seconds left in the show. I'm going to let you close this out with your bits of wisdom for any dad out there. Go. Um, I would just say uh, be intentional. Be, be intentional with everything you do from the time you get up. Uh, in the morning to the time you go to bed um, and, and just make it every day. Um, for guys, we're, we're very uh, bad, especially we have checklists. If you have to put it on your to-do list, well, 
do it in, in such a way that it's fun, it's sincere, um, and, and they know. And uh, that is what they're looking for. They, they need those fathers to uh, show them the way to lead them um, and, and just have a presence in their life always. Beautiful. Jim Carney, thanks so much for being on the show. That is it. We are out time, everybody. What a great way to close it. Be intentional. Know what you're doing today and make it purposeful. Join us next Monday, everybody. We will see you at 1030 next Monday, June 9th, where we talk about raising boys or go to TomStevens.us. We'll see you then.